Welcome, listeners. This is the Candor Convos podcast. I am Dominic. I'm here with Devin. Hello, hello. Thank you for listening. We're going through the Bible today. We're going through the first four or five chapters of the Gospel of Luke. And um, I, Devin, have you read these before or you're familiar with what they say? So this is just kind of like brushing up on it, right? Yeah, yeah. I've read these before. Um, I know what's in it and whatnot. So yeah. this is, this is going to just be a little refresher. And just for any first-time listeners, uh, Devin or I, we're not, you know, biblical scholars. We're just kind of lay people trying to understand the Bible, and we're just bouncing off ideas off one another. We're not experts, so if you have anything to add, please feel free to leave a comment below or, you know, email us and tell us if we're wrong or, you know, we... We should be touching on a topic that we didn't. Um, yeah, we want to hear your thoughts, you know. It's, it's not always about us. We'll no. revolve around us. <laughs> That's right. I'd like to hear some other opinions, especially if you want to join the show. You know. Absolutely. We can we can fit a lot of people in on this, mm-hmm. on the Skype call. Yeah. Okay, well, we'll start off with the birth of Christ, or actually the birth of John the Baptist foretold and so both of john's parents were righteous before god walking blamelessly in all the commandments and statutes of the lord so we see a theme of god rewarding um, couples who are righteous with special children such as john and Jesus. Mm-hmm. Now, how how long before the birth of Christ was John born? A few months, right? Like six months, something like that. Um, I don't know the exact number. I know that when when John was baptizing in in the river and Jesus was coming down. John was probably in his maybe mid twenties, early to mid twenties. Yeah. Um, so I'm guessing Jesus is uh, probably a little, little less than uh, a year or close to a year younger than John. Yeah. I for some reason I have like six months in my head. Like they're about six well, months. I think apart. it is. I think it is six. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I, yeah, we were right. We were on the wrong. We were on the number, man. We we were close. Yeah, we we had it. Right. So the story of the birth of John is pretty interesting. So his his father Zachariah, he doubts God when God or the angel, right? The angel appears to Zachariah and says that he's going to have this child, and he doubts the angel. And then he's punished because he did not believe the angel's words, and yeah. he he becomes mute, f- and until the birth of John, and that's very interesting. That's a long time too. Yeah, that's a long time, and like I don't know how he did his work without being able to talk. So I, I have one thing that that stood out to me was. It's almost as if 
God was like, of course, God was like, all right, you know, since you don't believe me, like, bam, you know, this is what's going to happen. And it was, it's, it's like, we're still like in that time, even though, even though we know that Jesus is coming, like, it, it's within the same year that uh, that Jesus is going to be born. It's like it doesn't matter that he hadn't come yet. Like God's still like, nope, it's my way or the highway. And uh, oh, so you're saying like one could think that Zachariah should have gotten to pass because you know Jesus has yeah because had, Jesus was coming right there yet. Well, he was like Jesus was coming. He just hadn't know, been born yet. Yeah. Yeah, he just hadn't been born. And existed even before he was born. Mm-hmm. And to- technically, since this happened before he even had left the womb, God was like, nah, man, it's my way or the highway. Since you don't believe me, you're gonna be mute. Yeah. I, I find the punishments quite interesting because you know they're, they're so pretty- odd and, and unique too. Yeah, well they make me think back well this one makes me think back to Genesis, you know. You will have pains in childbirth, and um, you. He, he tells the man, he tells Adam that he will not experience pain, but he will have to work the rest of his life, or um, he he will struggle with work or something. Mm-hmm. And then he tells the serpent, "You have to walk on all fours, right?" Yeah. So, yeah, the punishments are interesting, and this is an interesting one. Like, mute. He's just mute. It's not that the angel tells him you shouldn't talk. It's like, no, you're like, you can't utter a word, even if you wanted to, right? Mm -hmm. You're unable to speak. Yeah. And, um, And, I mean, it's a cool punishment. I mean, it had a good effect because people saw this. With Zachariah, like, what's up with this guy? He can't talk anymore. So then it kind of alerted them, like, whoa, there's something going on here. There's mm-hmm. something, some divine influence here. I only really notice the punishments that come, like, the punishments that that aren't, like, death are, um, they're, like, few and far in between, you know? Um I think the last the last time that we read that somebody was punished was when we were reading when um, Aaron's sons were punished because they mix, mixed the wrong uh, oils and stuff and they died and and I'm I'm not too sure if uh, there were any other ones that were like individual people that died just because of um a sin or anything like that so Mm. like i'd like to say that there are deaths like less common and and with like individual people but with individual prophets and with Mm. the godly parents and things like that it's like their punishments are so unique and so specific to just them Mm -hmm. it's insane like, it just blows my mind how specific they are, you know? It seems that when God 
is putting forward a plan, you know, when he's intervening in the world to really do something special, there's like no tolerance for yeah. people who are <laughs> unbelieving or in some way countering that. Because I, I see these events, like the birth of John the Baptist, as like a key event in human history. And God's pushing this along. And you get a, his father, Zachariah, who's doubting the whole the whole process. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, no, we can't have tolerance for that. That needs to be punished. And, I mean... He was talking to an angel. It's like, why aren't you believing the angel? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, I mean, I shouldn't say that because even if I feel like even if an angel appeared to one of us after enough time went by, I mean, you'd be thinking to yourself, am I am I dreaming right now? Am I hallucinating? So it's not like that clear cut. Like if an angel were to appear to you and start talking to you, you just 100 percent believe that this was truly an angel. Yep, yep. Because we don't know if it appeared in a vision, if uh, if it was, like, physically in his home. We don't really know that. Like, we don't know the details. But, I mean, one thing to take into context is, though, is that Elizabeth, uh, that's his wife, right? Sorry, I didn't want to get it wrong. Yeah, Elizabeth. So, Elizabeth was, like, super old. So it kind of makes sense that he's like, okay, whatever, you know. Yeah. This isn't going to happen. I don't really know how old she she was, but. Yeah, and this, of course, is alluding back to Abraham and Sarah, where, or when Abraham didn't believe that God could give him a child. And the same with Sarah, I believe. So it's the same situation. But yeah, on the on the one hand, you're you're sympathetic toward Zachariah because you're like, yeah, well, he is old, and most old people don't have aren't a, yeah aren't able to make children. So, I mean, it's a it's kind of understandable that he's doubting a little bit. But I suppose the point is, once the angel is appearing to you and saying that God will give you a child, that's when you have to believe it. You know, I mean, you just can't doubt in the face of an angel and mm-hmm. messenger of God. Because he was doubting the power of God. Yeah, to to the angel's face, you know. And and I, I, I don't... So, I have another question then. Do you think God was with the angel at the moment and and intervened and said at that moment, like... Yo, this isn't happening like this. Like you're going to be punished, or was it the angel that said it? I think the angel said it because the angel. Well, the angel does say it. I think. I I don't know what happened. Maybe God told the angel he's not going to believe you, and then you have to punish him. That very well could have happened. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was like the. I mean, the God is sort of talking through the angel, but it's not like God appeared at that time and said, hold on, angel, I'm going to punish him now. Mm -hmm. It's not, I think the angel is speaking the entire time. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah, you're right. Because he does say it in here, but that he was 
he wasn't going to be able to speak. Like he said, he was. You you will be mute until the baby comes. Yeah. So when the angel appears to um, Mary later on, it's a little similar situation, but Mary is completely believing. Well, except, I mean, she does say, how can I bear a son if I know not man? Mm -hmm. Meaning she hasn't been with a man. Mm -hmm. And... It's a lot of debate over that line because Catholics interpret that one way and other denominations kind of interpret it a different way. Um, but the angel's first words, or one of them, are, are uh, do not be afraid. So I kind of like that because it would be scary for an angel to appear to anyone. You know, that'd be freaky. There was a movie that was released, I think, in the 80s. Um, It was basically going over the the life of Jesus. And in the movie, the scene where they depict uh, Mary being contacted, it shows her sleeping. And there's just like this super bright light just chilling outside of her window. Like a and it, and it's not like it's it's not like it's just any light. It's like the way that they depicted it was she had her her bed on one side, and then she had to get up and walk around to see where the window was because I guess at that time typically windows weren't near your your bed, and just to think that like. The only other way that the angel could have appeared and she was frightened would be as if it appeared in her bedroom like and woke her up or startled her or, you know, and, and like that just something like that is just so amazing to me. You know, like, it just doesn't like God just didn't care. He was like, yo, you better go down there now. Hmm. Tell her and then. It doesn't matter what she was doing at the moment. She was going to see him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the accounts of the angel appearances seem physical. You know, they're not. It's always like a, they appeared. And you get the sense that, you know, Mary is literally seeing an angel, like a physical form. And, um, and so I wouldn't think it was a vision, you know, what really is a vision is a vision. Like I close my eyes and I see something. I don't know. Daniel had a lot of visions. Yeah. And who knows? I, I don't even know how one would divine a vision. Like, can I have a vision when my eyes are open? I guess it's kind of like a flashback or something. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. You know, another thing that's interesting to me is the only reason why people depicted angels as having, uh, like, wings and everything. I was told that, like, yeah, some of them, like, some angels did have wings. And um, I know in the book of Revelation, some of the angels had, like, four wings, two to cover their feet, 
and like two to cover their eyes or something like that, or six wings, like two to fly, two to cover their eyes, and then two to cover their feet, so they weren't like, because they couldn't step in the holiness of God. Mm. And I was just thinking, like, the angels that were coming before Jesus was born, were these angels like, like the ones that had wings? So, like, did these so, angels walk in there? Did they... You know? They just appeared. Poof. Yeah. But the in Revelation it says they had wings, you're saying? Mm-hmm. I, I then I would assume that they always had wings, but hmm. perhaps not. I, I don't know. I have no idea. But yeah, sorry to get off topic there. I just thought that was interesting, you know. Yeah. Like, did they fly in? Did they just, just pop up? Yeah. That would startle me too. If I just saw somebody flying or just saw like somebody just appear in my bedroom. Yeah. And it would be scary. Okay, so then Mary goes, visits Elizabeth. Steals under. (laughs) Yeah, well, Elizabeth doesn't mind. She exclaimed with a loud cry, blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. So, there's an awareness before Mary even tells Elizabeth. What it, it seems like Elizabeth is aware. Oh, yeah, because the angel tells her. And um, the baby in... So, John leaps in her womb mm-hmm. once Mary comes into into their presence. I, that's like foreshadowing too. John knew who Jesus was before, like he knew the prophecy and everything. And as soon as he saw Jesus coming down, he knew exactly like who he was. So like this is a good foreshadowing of that event too, like before the baptism of Jesus, mm. when um when when God I can't I don't want to misquote exactly, but when God was like. This is my son, for I am well pleased. Whom I am, yeah. Yep. So this was a good foreshadowing of that event. Yeah. And then another thing that was significant here um, in Luke 1 was Zechariah's prophecy. Like, um, I don't know if you want to jump down to there yet, but... Yeah, we can look at that. um, It's verse... 76 is where it starts to get into it's like the, the, the juicy parts but uh well i don't know i guess the whole part is juicy but um because i i think this is important because it also foreshadows all of john's life mm-hmm. this prophecy and then because they in Luke 2, they have basically Do you want to read prophecies and huh? Do you want to read some of it? Of Luke 1? Like the, the, of prophecy. the prophecy. Yeah. Or I yeah, can share yeah. my screen. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Um I'm reading from the I'll read from the uh ESV. And um it starts as and his father Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied saying blessed be the lord 
God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people and has raised up a horn of salvation for us and this in the house of his servant David. As he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets from of old, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to show the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath that he swore to our father Abraham to grant us that we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear. In holiness and righteousness before him all our days, and you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High. For you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people, and the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from, from on high to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. And the child grew and became strong in spirit, and he was in the wilderness until the day of his public appearance to Israel. So this is Jesus's like, I, I misspoke earlier when I said, John, I meant Jesus. This mm. is Jesus's like whole life. Literally prophesied in one simple text. And, and it's just, I'm, huh? I'm seeing, is it a prophecy about Jesus or is it about John? See, I don't I thought it was about Jesus. When, when I... When I see the passage, and you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High. So the prophet of Jesus. And for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways. So I'm seeing it as more, this is a prophecy about John. Oh, man. So I guess I was right at first. But... (laughs) Um, well, it seems like yeah, John is like the setup for Jesus. He's setting okay. setting the stage, you know. But yeah, isn't this like either way? The prophecy itself sets up like I think it's so amazing that people were prophesying the whole life of just Jesus and John. Yeah, it's amazing. Like, before it even happened, and it, it just was like, here you go. Here's your life. Yeah. I, I, like, I like how he's in the wilderness until the day of his public appearance in Israel. I wonder, like, what, why does he have to be in the, the wilderness? Is that just a place of constant prayer? Is he just gaining favor with the Lord there? I don't know. I thought my interpretation of the wilderness would be like he was lost in the wild before he oh. came to, like, I, I guess where his calling, where his home was. Yeah, maybe, maybe that's right. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I I imagine it just as a place where John was getting constantly closer to God until, until you know the day when. Beheaded. Well, until the day where he was going to have to prepare the way for Jesus. Yeah. Okay, well, we'll get into the birth of Christ now. Quick question. What king beheaded John? Who was that? Herod, right? Was it King Herod? Because he was trying to please the, the daughter, right? <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's that's mm-hmm. not a fun story. Nope. <laughs> Brought it on a platter. Right. Crazy. Okay. Um. So Jesus is born. I think many of us are familiar with that story. You got the shepherds coming. You got the manger. Mm-hmm. Um, then there's Jesus presented at the temple. So Mary and Joseph go to the temple and make a sacrifice. I found that interesting. That's something that hadn't stuck with me. Um, there's a sacrifice of a pair of turtle doves. or I didn't two, know that either. Two young pigeons. So they're still doing that kind of thing. And and then there's the two figures that anticipate who Jesus is and are like taken back or they're struck when Mary and Joseph come into the temple with the baby. Mm-hmm. So you got the prophetess Anna. Yeah. And then is there a Simon? Simeon. Yep. Simeon. Yeah. Simeon's is before Anna's. Yeah. So it's cool that there's a lot of figures that, you know, somehow are struck just when they're in the presence of Jesus, like before they even, anyone really tells them. You got John in the womb, like, of, has a reaction. Then you have these two figures, see Jesus and know he's someone special so that's just really neat okay yeah um i like the story where jesus is in the temple and mary and joseph leave him and they yeah (laughs) and then i i just find um jesus's answer interesting why were you looking looking for me did you not know that I must be in my father's house because my reaction when I was younger when I would hear this was always like what the heck like (laughs) that seems like he should have been with him he should have been with them you know that was like my childish way of looking at it like of course they're going to be upset why are you acting like they shouldn't be upset about having lost you for a while. But Ooh, that brings up a good point, though. Um, because Jesus is holy, like, he's part of... Like, Jesus is the physical form, like, his man side. And then there's also, like, the spiritual side which is the holy side too. So like, it's just to see like both sides is so interesting to see that, especially as, as, in a, as a child. Like, mm-hmm. like here we see the holy side where he's like, like we see the holy and the human side at the same time. But it's like, he was like, why wouldn't I be in my father's house? You know, like a, like a quick witty remark, you know? Yeah, I I don't see it as like Jesus, you know, being sassy. Oh, no, no, I wasn't saying that either. I was just like a quick remark like that or like a good, an intelligent remark, you know, like he's not lying. 
Yeah, I guess what I I made a little note here that Jesus was teaching them about having faith because you know there's a lot of yeah there's a lot of instances of Jesus you know trying trying to teach a lesson of faith you know so maybe for the rest of his life when they lost Jesus for a or when they didn't see Jesus for a period of time a short period of time they weren't as worrisome because they remembered this instance of Jesus saying, you don't have to worry about me. Like, God will take care of me. Could we also look at it as at this one verse where um, in 43, in the latter half of it, where it says his parents didn't miss him at first. And, and like, is that also foreshadowing like, what you had just mentioned where you were like, he's teaching them about faith at this point where he's like, well, you could wander back, but as long as you come back to my father's house, you're okay. Like it's okay. Do you think that's another thing we can get from this or no? Or is that too much? So you're saying the lesson that he's trying to teach people that if maybe you fall away from the church, you can always come back. Yeah, like you've fallen away, and then you're still looking for Jesus. You can still yeah. come back, and he's in his father's house. Like, you know where to find him. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think there's something to that for sure. Yeah. That's a great and, point you made. Thanks, man. That was great. Oh, no problem. Yeah, and he calls it um, his father's house. So he's, like, he's validating this, the synagogue, right, or the temple? as like a place as a sacred place so that's just a validation of that way of thinking and just to speak on just the the pure humanity that's in uh in mary when it says like they didn't understand what he meant like they it didn't click you know it's just that just goes to show like human humanity and and everything like how we just still we we don't understand. Yeah, and that's a that's a common occurrence throughout the gospel of Jesus saying things and people not understanding. You know, the apostles all the time. Um, okay, well, chapter three, John the Baptist prepares the way, and then it's the ancestors. <laughs> Yes, yeah, the ancestors. Um, I like I like the line, Jesus or John is baptizing people and they're kind of um, glorifying him, and John says that someone greater than I will is here, and uh, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. And while John just baptizes with water. Jesus will be baptizing with the Holy Spirit of and fire. So I, I just like that. And then I like the line, his winnow, winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his barn, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. It's very poetic. Mm-hmm. Um... Yeah. John at this t- another thing to note though is uh 
John at this time, when he was telling of Jesus's forthcoming and baptism and, and things like that, um, John's followers were trying to find, like, he was losing popularity. And they were like, uh, John, you need to do something, man. Like, this, this other Jesus is going to, he, he's taken a lot of your popularity. Like, people are going to Jesus. You know, and, and then he said, well, that's because he's better. Like, he knows, like, like it doesn't say it exactly in, in Luke 3, but it's just like, man, this is already foreshadowing that, too. Like, John, John is completely humble. Mm-hmm. He doesn't, there's no he doesn't jealousy. Care. Yeah. Um, and then you have the voice coming down from heaven. You are my beloved son after Jesus is baptized. Then there's the genealogy of Jesus. Oh, and then Luke 4, the part I really love is, I mean, the part I find very interesting is the temptation of Jesus. And the devil goes to Jesus when he's at his weakest or when he's, you know, had he has been fasting for 40 days and like that's the toughest to um be obedient to god is when you're suffering or when you're craving something that's when you're most susceptible to temptation and that's exactly when the devil goes to jesus mm-hmm. did you find it interesting that like the devil knows the Bible, because I, I, I mean, that's kind of interesting. Dude, that is so irritating to me. <laughs> it's so irritating just to think that, like, the devil is for real. Like, this dude is sneaky. Especially when he says he will order his angels to protect and guard you, and they will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. And I think that is the sneakiest thing to try to tell somebody. And it's almost as if, like, the devil is... I don't know why the devil is trying to deceive Jesus, you know, but it's just... It is so interesting to me that the devil actually is... Uh, dude is smart. <laughs> yeah, like he's using the word of God yeah. um, to try to trick jesus or try to get him to sin but and jesus was quick to respond though you want to read not, uh, verse 12 yeah. yeah and jesus answered him it is said you shall not put the lord your god to the test <laughs> savage bam yeah i mean he he left as soon as he said that though like he was like you can't test me <laughs> yeah all right I, and then I, I the um, next line that was interesting was, and when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. So that begs the question, when were the other times that the devil appeared to Jesus? I mean, probably times w- that the Bible doesn't account for, or the Bible doesn't recount. The, there's probably other times in Jesus' life that the devil appeared to him. Maybe we just don't know about them. Yeah. But I think in the Garden of Gethsemane, 
That's the only time that I was just thinking of. Yeah. So, yeah, that's... I just find that interesting. So, okay. Well, he casts out the... um, Let's see. He just casts out demons, yeah, later. Yeah, and I can't remember if this was the man where they said he was, like, the demon was legion. Was this that verse or no? No, I don't think it's this one. Oh yeah, but I don't. I don't really know if that would be seen as like the next opportune time. Yeah, who knows what that means? At, at least that um that suggests, or that at least w- we can draw from that 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 wasn't the only encounter that Jesus had with the devil. You know mm-hmm. what all the other encounters were? We're not sure, but. This was not the sole encounter. The only was one. this the first one? I don't. I I'm doubtful of that. That's that's mm-hmm. the there is the no first recorded one. Yeah, the first recorded one. But I mean, who knows? Who knows. Um, okay, so then Jesus begins his ministry. He's rejected at Nazareth. He says, truly, I say to you, no prophet is acceptable in his hometown. Hmm. Well, that's interesting. Then he heals a man with an unclean demon. Mm-hmm. And then people are amazed, and they say to one, one another, what is this word? For with authority and power, he commands the unclean spirits, and they come out. Hmm. I would like to witness one of these exorcisms. I mean, I, they must have been pretty moving, pretty, you know, impactful on the witnesses. Yeah, I think that'd be pretty cool. It'd be cool to see an exorcism in general. But yeah. Like to witness, you know, the spirit just moving in that way. And I know in um, typical Lutheran, or not Lutheran, um, well, I guess I could say that traditional because there's the lutheran side and then there's the the catholic side and um in the traditional like lutheran bibles they don't include um the books of the bible that talk about exorcism like the the roman catholic bibles do and i'm not sure what books they are that that do talk about that like i i I was guessing maybe you would have a little bit to say on that since you come from that background, but well, yeah, I think the gospels recount a ton well, yeah. of exorcisms. Well, I mean like the books that talk about like I don't know. There might be other books that are um specifically Catholic that I haven't I'm not that familiar with those. They're like first and second Maccabees. I still need to, you know, get deeper into those, but they might have things about exorcisms. So I see what you're saying. Maybe the Lutherans don't include those because of what they say about exorcisms. Not mm-hmm. sure. I don't know. I was just told that as a child. That yeah. The, uh, some of the things that are in the typical Catholic Bible have extra information that isn't in already stated in the Lutheran side or like the Christian Bibles. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then Jesus 
heal uh cleanses a leper then he's so he's just doing miracles heals a paralytic so there's probably a huge buzz around this guy jesus he's performing all these miracles Mm -hmm. and um it seems like everyone who comes to him asking for a miracle just has pretty good faith because you know the people that were coming to Jesus were at the very bottom they they hit rock bottom so it's almost as if those people would be the perfect examples to use for for anybody to see who can come to Jesus number 1 and the number 2 what faith is actually needed mm. and where you have to have the undying faith you have like you could be anybody but as long as you have the undying faith, you know. Yeah. These people almost had nowhere else to turn, you know, so they mm -hmm. were willing to take a risk on Jesus and it paid off. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be amazing to see Jesus and get healed like that. Yeah. Like Just to like touch his rope, be like, poke. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, we've gone 40 minutes, so. I think this is a good it's a good stopping point yeah. good stopping point yeah. all right everyone thanks for listening to us have you stuck with us this long yeah have a, have a great rest of your day peace god bless <laughs>